Hello, listeners. Today is a very special episode. I wanted to give you an update, so I'm trying something new. I'm recording directly onto Podbean, which is the platform that hosts this podcast. It may or may not work because I've never done it before and I'm not the most tech-savvy person. So if you're hearing this, it worked! Woohoo! I'm so excited. Um, and if it didn't work, then you're not hearing it. So there you go. First of all, I want to say thank you. Here is a huge shout out to all of you, my dear listeners, because at some point over the past four weeks, we hit 10,000 downloads, which is so cool. I was so excited to get that notification. I thought it was really great. When I started this thing, it was pretty early on in the pandemic, and I was I was just kind of feeling a little bit um, stumped or sort of stuck. I was wondering out loud with my kids, like, how do I reach more people with this empowerment self-defense message? How can I do this? Does my voice really matter? Does anyone really care? Anyway, I was talking about it. And um, one of my kids was like, Mom, what you need to do is start a podcast. And I think I laughed. Like, first of all, what empowerment self defense in a podcast? How would that even work? How do you even do that? What does that even look like? So anyway, it piqued my interest. And I I thought about it and I kind of worked my way through my doubts, my thoughts, my feelings about all of it. And I finally realized, with the help of my kiddo, that I actually could start a podcast. And it blew my mind. It sounded like fun. And I thought, okay, let's go for it. I want to give it a try. And thus was born the Empowerment Podcast by Naga. But I have to say, if I had it to do over again, I would probably give it a different name. It's kind of awkward, but it's what it is. It's its name. And now it's just what it is. The Empowerment Podcast by Naga. Anyway, I wanted to thank you. Thank you so much for being loyal, for listening. And especially as I got my sea legs and kind of figured things out with lots of help from my kid. To be honest, I'm still figuring things out. Like, this one is a totally new thing. I've never done this before. You'll notice that this episode has no intro, like the usual music that you hear. That's because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to add it. (laughs) The way that I'm recording this directly onto the Podbean platform. I've just, I've never done this before. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm hoping it works. But like I said at the beginning, I wanted to update you and it just so happens that the special part, another special part, part two of the special part is, it just so happens that I'm walking across Spain with my backpack. I'm four weeks into the Camino de Santiago and I'm recording this from a tiny little town in the northern part of Spain, almost in Galicia, called Camponaraya. Camponaraya. It's west of Ponferrada, if you're looking at a map. This has been an amazing experience. If you haven't heard of the Camino, 
Or if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the blog I've been using to update my family and friends. I've got a bunch of info on there and maps and tons of photos and cool travel stories. If you like that kind of thing, check it out. It's called SoDamnReal.com. That's so, S-O, damn, D-A-M-N, real, R-E-A-L.com. SoDamnReal.com. So check it out if you want. Um, see what you think. So while I've been walking along this thing, going up and down the Pyrenees and across this totally flat meseta through farmlands and by rivers and canals and forests and um, through little towns and big cities on pavement, on Roman roads, oh my God, so cool, and pathways and rocks and gravel and everything, I've been solo and I am having a blast. I for sure have made friends along the way. And for sure, I hold very dear my quiet solo times, probably the most. And I'm a people person, so I always do love making new friends. And I love hanging out. And I love, you know, walking with people and chatting. And But I really, really, really do love my solo times. As a woman traveling alone, I've used my self-defense along the way, and sometimes in ways that don't on the surface seem self-defense-y, but they feel like it, and I wanted to share some of these moments with you. First of all, um, like the first time that I'm remembering, and I'm just going to tell you stories. Um, I experienced uh, something I didn't expect, which is my left knee started to really hurt a lot. I think it was after days and days of up and down, up and down, up and down across the Pyrenees. And some of some of the walks were a little treacherous. Um, I happened to be with my daughter at the time. She was with me for the first week and it was awesome. But we, as we were chatting and walking down this one particular spot, uh, we decided we needed to be quiet and stop talking and think very strategically about where we were going to place our next footstep. It was kind of crazy and uh, just, yeah, treacherous. So anyway, uh, my knee really started to hurt. And one of the things that you can do along the Camino is you don't have to carry your backpack. You can actually transport it. And there's a whole system set up for transporting people's backpacks. Some people go with suitcases and you just send your bag along to where you're going to spend the next night. Well, I was deciding for the first time that I was going to do this, and I was sitting um, in sort of a common area of one of the hostels that I was staying in, and I was filling out the little envelope uh, to tell the driver where to drop my pack, and the man sitting next to me looked at me, and, and he said, you're transporting your pack? And I said, yeah, I am today. I'm going to try it. And he goes, oh, isn't that cheating? And I took a deep breath and I looked at him and I said, you know, here's the deal. This is what my body needs from me today. And I'm practicing listening to it very carefully. And it does not want to carry my pack today. And so considering the fact that there are no Camino police 
and no one is telling me what's right and wrong, that I'm the one telling myself what's right and wrong, this feels right to me today. So it doesn't feel like cheating to me. It feels like I'm being actually really smart. And he did a double take. He did not expect that answer. And there was quiet. And I was quiet. I let it be awkward. This is the self-defensey part, right? You stay, say your piece, you state your piece, and then you're quiet and you let the awkwardness sit there. He sort of quirked his head to one side and he goes, so wait, how do you do that? And I explained how you do it. And he's like, oh my God, this sounds great. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and he went and he got an envelope and he started filling it out. And he's like, this is amazing. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> anyway, that was really funny. And then um, later, probably the next week or I don't know when, um, I was having this really early morning walk. This, In fact, this is like my favorite part of this Camino. It's probably the part that's going to haunt me the most when I'm finally back home. The ability to get up early while it's still dark and it's cool, sometimes cold, and it's dark, but it's really dark. And I'm walking by the light of the stars. For a few days, it was by the light of a full moon and watching the moon set, watching the sun rise, but it's dark, it's quiet, I'm alone. There were times I was walking in the dark along a path, by a canal, or under trees, through a forest, or up the side of a really steep hill, through farmlands, where I could see so far, and just, it's just so quiet. And it's some of my best times feeling connected, feeling moved by the spirit, by the size of the universe, by my own place in it. It's kind of incredible. Anyway, it was one of the mornings I was doing that. And um, I was strolling, like I was definitely taking my time. And a dude with a headlamp kind of blaring a really bright headlamp came up behind me and I I was annoyed by it to be honest my eyes grow accustomed to the dark and I know that and I've known that over time because I've experienced it over the years that really I know not everybody has that I know not everybody has the ability to see so well in the dark. And I get that. But this particular morning, that headlamp was just bugging me. And it was getting closer and closer. And it was kind of getting, it was actually making it hard for me to see where my steps were going. So I thought to step off the path and let that person pass. So I was standing there waiting. And shortly thereafter, this person passed by and stopped and turned to me and headlamp like full in my face, like shining in my eyes and said, you don't have a headlamp. <laughs> I was like, I know I don't have a headlamp. And they were like, you should have a headlamp. And I was like, I don't want a headlamp. 
And they were like, but you need, you need one. It's dangerous if you don't have a headlamp. And I said, actually, I've been walking for about an hour without a headlamp and I'm doing just fine. I actually stepped to the side so that you could pass me because it's actually harder for me to see with the headlamp shining behind me. So go on ahead, like I'm doing fine, all is well, have a great walk, buen camino. And he turned back, headlamp straight in my face, and said, you know, this is really dangerous. You're going to trip and you're going to fall. You're going to hurt yourself. And he huffed and he puffed and he turned away and walked away. Anyway, there was that morning. I decided that morning that I didn't need to say any more than that. In my life, on a daily basis, I speak up, I speak out. I feel comfortable doing that. I did not need to say anymore. What I really wanted was for him to get the heck by me and stop glaring his headlamp in my face and walk past me so I could be back in the dark and be back in my happy place. Anyway, I described this in my blog. It took me a while to be able to get back to my happy place, but I did finally do that. I was finally able to let go. I was pretty pissed. Um, so here's another one. So I was in a taxi and the taxi driver and I were chatting in Spanish. My Spanish, I'm practicing a ton. It's getting better every day. So um, as a conversation kind of starter at one point, I was like, hey, you know, in the United States, we've been very interested watching what's going on with the Spanish women's uh, football team or soccer team. And he like, like threw up one of his hands and he was like, oh my God, it was, you know, it was just one kiss. Are you kidding me? It's so ridiculous. And I took a deep breath and I was able to practice my Spanish. And I was like, it wasn't just one kiss. What you have to understand is as a woman, it's not just one kiss. We put up with things like this all the time and we always have. And at some point, enough is enough. At some point, it's just too much. And we have to stand up and say, stop. And for this woman, for this moment in time, this was the moment. She'd put up with a lot. Anyway, from my perspective as a feminist, as an empowerment self-defense teacher, as someone who does care that women stay safe, that we take our power back, that we are in charge of our own bodies. I, I, I went at it with this guy. And it was really, really cool. I was like, what do you think? I mean, like, talk about your daughter to me. Like, how would you feel? Like, do you understand this on any level? And he was like, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yes, I'm, I do. Like, what you're saying makes so much sense to me. I, he's like, at first when you started talking, it, what I was thinking was, you know, it was so public. Everybody saw it. And that's why it was such a big deal. And I was like, but now you know that's not what it was, right? And he goes, right. And I said, and here's the thing. It wouldn't even matter if it was public. A lot of times this stuff happens not in the public. It happens in secret. It happens in private. It happens when no one else is around. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
And he was really cool about it. He's like, I totally do. I totally get it. I'm so glad that we were in this taxi together. Like, this was a really cool conversation. I was like, I know, I feel like we really connected on this. He's like, totally, this is awesome. Anyway, that was our little taxi driver scenario. Okay, I have one last, um, one last little story, which is from a couple days ago. I was walking down a hill, and my knee has been bugging me, but it, it does great on the uphills, it does great on the flat, it's um, an old injury, and I had surgery on it a while ago. Anyway, I was going down this small hill, kind of sideways. I have a couple of different strategies, three different strategies that I use when I'm going downhill. I either pull out my poles and use my poles to help me down the hill, or I walk backwards, or I walk sideways, or any combination of the three. So at the top of this hill, I looked, I took a few steps and it hurt. And I thought to myself, okay, strategize. What am I going to do to get down this hill? It wasn't very big. It was a small hill. And I thought, let's start sideways. Let's see how that goes. I started walking down sideways. It was fine. I was almost at the bottom of the hill. And this guy rides by me on a bike and he screeches to a halt and he goes, you need to take better care of yourself. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and um, so he's like, yeah, like, you clearly have something going on with your knee. And I was like, I know, because <laughs> this is like two weeks in to having something going on with my knee. And I'm still going and it's totally fine. I'm taking great care of it. I'm doing really well, right? I've got strategies. I've got this special magic lotion that is sold here over the counter that is kind of incredible. I am resting it. I ice it. I stretch it. I use my poles. I go sideways. I go backwards. I have like so many things I'm doing. I send my pack if I have to. Like I'm taking care of myself. I'm 63. I know how to do this. I've been doing this now like three and a half weeks maybe at this point. So he gets off his bike. He's like, I'm going to walk next to you because I need to talk to you about this. And I was like, why? And he's like, I need to tell you that you should be using your poles. And he started giving me a lecture about using my poles. And so I said, I want, I want to stop you right there. And I explained to him what I just explained to you. And I was like, so while I appreciate that you're coming from a place of concern, I also want to let you know that I am not seeking your advice. I really don't want it. I've got this covered and I'm doing really well. I really am, I promise. And he was like, okay, well, I was just trying to help. And I was like, I know, like I said, I appreciate that you were trying to help me. I really do. And I hope you have a great bike ride and Buen Camino, which is what you say here when you meet up with other people going along the Camino. But anyway, I just wanted to tell you those stories because as a self-defense instructor, as someone who teaches this stuff, I just, you know, you're, you're traveling alone. It happens. I was thinking about this today and one of the things that really helps me feel so empowered and to be able to speak up. And I know this about this process. I know this about myself is 
that I know that I've got the physical skills to back up all of all of this if something were to happen, if somebody were to get suddenly pissed and grab me or, you know, whatever, which I don't think, I think if I had that feeling, I probably would treat these situations in a completely different way, right? But as someone who feels super empowered physically, I know that I've got what it takes to protect myself if I need to, if things go awry. And that gives me such freedom to be able to speak my piece. Even when I'm traveling all alone, in the dark, I mean, especially being able to travel alone in beautiful places in the dark. It's really incredible. It's really incredible. And I have met um, quite a few people on the Camino who are afraid to walk alone in the dark. They make sure that they wait until it's brighter or that they have some other people to travel with. And I got to say, that serenity, that tranquility, that connection, that spiritual feeling, that vastness of being out under the huge, big sky, I would not trade that for the world. Anyway, thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks again for the 10,000 downloads. Thanks for, you know, sharing this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers, with people you love. Be sure to go back and listen to the last episode when I episode when I episoded when I interviewed um, Special Agent Kieran Ramsey of the FBI in Portland, and we talk about what is a, an icky thing, mass shootings, um, but from a perspective of empowerment. I I hope you give it a listen. It's, it's a, it's tough stuff to talk about, but there's some hope and there are some very specific things that we can do to create a society which is safer for everybody. And that's empowering. So love you all. Thanks for listening. Buen Camino.